Hello there and welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We are back for another episode of Southland Season 4, Episode 7, Fallout. Written by Eaton Frankel, directed by Allison Anders. This is a much improved episode from the last couple of weeks. I gave it a 9.3 out of 10. Before we do jump into the recap, wherever you're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, do me a favor, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And if you want to send V back for Southland, we got one more season to go or any other show that I'm doing, blackercouch at gmail.com. So as I stated earlier, this is a really good episode because it definitely showcases the responsibility when it comes down to, you know, you're never supposed to bring your personal life into work, but we also know that that's not always possible. And I think there is a line in this episode, we can't hide behind a keyboard or a screen or you know, if you work in a call center, you certainly, certainly can't do, can't do it as well because it comes with a higher level of consequences. <laughs> if you're talking to a customer and you say something you really ought to not say, it could cost you your job. And it's even more strict if you are a police officer. Then we have the whole Lydia situation, which I thought was just a nice spotlight on the ribbit Ruben, not ribbon, <laughs> Ruben and Lydia dynamic that has been growing. You know, they're, they're starting to feel more so like a partnership. And the whole storyline with Sammy, that would be the weakest link, Sammy and Ben. I pretty much didn't care at all other than a few comical parts of their particular arc but I thought there was a lot of comedy in this one surprisingly so just based on the situations that they found themselves in so a little bit more interesting with the cases so to speak let's start with the John story arc because I feel like that has the highest emotional impact John is fine from last episode when someone chewed into his uh neck like they were Holyfield saved by a quick response from the EMS he's joking about it whilst Tang is served divorce papers Tang is in a stank attitude from that moment going forward as John tries to make jokes to cheer her up as he considers his academy reunion where 90 is now 21 we didn't get a resolution on whether or not he was going to go to that reunion, but it was brought up. She only admits to him at this point that she isn't being sued as he offered her a good lawyer or recommended her one. He also is like, look, I know this is not something you want to greet your morning with, but I am uh, here if you need help. But she doesn't want help. She wants to ride a black SUV, a ticket, even though he was parked illegally because he was waiting for his wife who has a leg injury with a kid in the back. John's 
John doesn't question her in this moment, even though he says what you had to dust off this parking ticket. Like, oh, he was double parking. It wasn't an excuse. He's just being chivalrous. (laughs) He tried to find a spot. He's got a kid in the back. His wife is injured. Clearly, he didn't try to find a spot. He was just being a good husband and considering she admits at this moment that her husband is divorcing her she clearly doesn't want to see anything close to what a good man looks like and punished him for that she was married for six years it turns out until irreconcilable differences do them part she calls him a bit of a dirt bag doesn't seem to have much going on in his life she was the successful one he ate pizza and this is her side of the story of course but i think the worst part is that he gets half of her pension as they go to get caffeine she reacts instantly to a possible situation almost really looking for in her hyper to find someone to take out her suppressed rage over uh these people are people i get that part but they have a much more powerful accountability because they wear a badge and they carry a gun and they have they have the wherewithal to do what they want as she pointed out or john pointed out you toss that man up against the car and you started (laughs) roughing him up and he was just looking in his car because he locked his keys in you know it, it was a situation in which sure look over and inquire but you don't have to react so quickly and so negatively instead you should be viewing the situation with caution All you saw was someone buy a car. It's a situation. John, while still empathetic to her shitty situation, her shitty day, warns her to be less aggressive and offers drinks tonight to allow her to vent. They get a call about someone on Gramercy Place and they see a gray hooded figure with a gun head in between the houses Tang and Cooper split up to cut the suspect off. Tang sees a gate open with someone seemingly pointing something at her and she fires, which confuses John, who says shots fired as he sees the suspect ahead, surrounded and apprehended by the vehicle units. I'm glad this this whole situation of an accidental shooting didn't involve a black kid because that is so very cliche at this point because this isn't a racial situation this is a this is more about what happens when you make a mistake but that mistake is so huge that it causes someone else some serious harm and could have been a lot worse than it ended up being And it's because you were in a mindset in which you were not able to conquer during your day, which makes you human, but it still doesn't negate you from your responsibility. Uh, Why? There's a lot of questions because I too say, why would someone, I can see being curious 
if you hear especially white people that's just in your fucking nature i think i was watching a cat williams and they were talking he was talking about how black people don't discover shit because (laughs) we ain't trying to investigate and get close and figure it out like is that a bear or is that a rockweiler i don't know but we ain't about to find out but i do think that this was a genuine accident she was chasing someone he fit the description he had a gun in his hand but that doesn't uh doesn't take away how tang sees what may be considered an accident and we'll get to that part at the end but john comes upon the scene he sees that tang has done something uh he doesn't know what it was just ask why were you by the victim's feet no i was just giving him you know resuscitation she insists that it's a clean shooting john tries to assure her hey the kid matched the description she says who runs out while sirens are wailing and i'm like girl curious people cooper and tang are separated while fid get the story of the shooting and she keeps saying the kid had a toy gun which i agree as the one guy says why are those even on the shelf anyway honestly i was thinking about that as my nieces and nephews were playing yesterday and they had two toy guns shooting at each other i'm like really this is really kind of morbid if you really ponder it for more than a quick second and it gets them to do stupid stuff like that because i could see like a little five-year-old being like i'll save the day because you know kids don't understand that they're kids (laughs) they don't they don't fully grasp that their innocent actions may have serious consequences john can't be bothered with food because his stomach is churning with the dawning realization that something is very wrong John overhears the mother who shouldn't have to explain how one juvie incident deserve. you know, that's what the guy, one guy is going to say. Well, he, he was a juvie. You know that, right? He went to for three months for hitting a teacher, man. He's a really bad, like that's a justification for being shot and realizes the toy gun had a bright red or bright orange tip on it that was missing from the retrieved toy weapon. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck up. I feel like this point is downplayed in why she wouldn't want to admit it was just an accident it wasn't just an accident i wasn't able to properly spot a weapon because if i had looked and clearly looked i would have saw that it had the orange thing around it and it was a kid gun but i still think that that's not i mean yeah you're probably gonna be desked for a while but hey you probably be sued too shit she just got the uh, third papers I, there's a lot of things that go into this and i'll discuss that at the end i don't agree whatsoever with her decision to lie because that is stated earlier that is exactly what the 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 vow that you took and if you can't handle that particular vow then you shouldn't have taken it <laughs> everyone has the reasons for being cops i'm very uh kind to the trauma that certainly comes with that position but certainly 
when someone gets hurt at the end of the day, the truth needs to be told. Uh, back at the station, John ponders the weight of what his partner did and the fact that being loyal to someone when they are crossing the line is the exact position Ben found himself when his partner, i.e. John, was addicted to different prescription pills and now he has to deal with the same type of dilemma but man oh man to have to pay it forward when your partner shot a kid knowing they were trigger happy all day is a lot to ask but John does lie saying he only saw her give first aid and you know when she kept saying what did they say well tell me all about it like you're right up his ass but he knows she's lying and encourages her to come clean, but she has his loyalty against him. And she isn't going to jeopardize her reputation as a first rate officer to admit it was an understandable accident. Not only that, let's just put into the 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 um the beating their ass situation when she got beat up. She just got back on her job. Now here she has this other incident. She's a woman of color and she's a woman nevertheless. All of these things, while it may be understandable, can certainly have far more career-wise political. Um, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna take a dent, and she doesn't want to sacrifice that because it was an accident. But it it doesn't matter. She'll be made an example of, and she's not completely wrong. Maybe she won't, but she has every reason to believe that it won't be as black and white as john is making it out to be john meets with his aa sponsor that looks younger than him and you know it's funny they both his and i didn't even realize it till i just watched this episode both these actors were in the walking dead <laughs> the guy playing his sponsor who's in a lot of other things by the way uh, was was both characters in The Walking Dead at the same time at the same time that's great but he tells them look I had a bad day he wants to relapse but he called his sponsor instead knowing that to earn his chip it won't be easy and he reinforces that to him you're gonna go through hell first but you did the right thing and you're gonna need to confine in someone about what happened you don't have to do it to me or tonight but if you do what you say is between us and tonight you can just listen and they go to a meeting and it's good to see that they didn't forget about John's addiction and that he is committed to his sobriety he is taking it seriously Tang gets home and she knows that she messed up because I do believe she believes she's the first at rate officer we've seen that and unfortunately her one bad day ended in in probably the worst thing a first rate officer would feel really horrible about let's briefly talk about the ben and sammy thing all ben ever does is talk about his sex life and sammy isn't pretending anymore that he actually gives a fuck because apparently they're not friends anymore they are co-workers after his actions ben's he uh, won't back the fuck up. But it is nice that he keeps tabs on Cooper. Ben thinks one of his leftover pussies is enough to get Sammy to forgive him. Then he apologizes again and another time. 
they get to the scene of a food truck squabble this was the best part of there <laughs> as the other accuses him of stealing his customers but Whoever got to the meter first wins, so the loser took his food truck and careened it into the dream that the other guy put all of his money into. Fuck your couch, nigga. <laughs> Buy another one, you rich motherfucker. Fuck your couch, nigga. Fuck your couch. I don't think that potential homicide, vehicular homicide, is the way in which, like you're saying, he took everything from you. No, you had your freedom. You took that away from yourself. Then Sammy takes his lunch in the courtyard to avoid Ben like a child. And then he's like, look, I'm glad you did something because now I know where we stand. A kid calls in a noise complaint on himself so that the police can shut down the party and rough him up so he looks cool and tough. And they actually obliged this motherfucker. Hell to the no, to the no, 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 no. I didn't legit fast forwarded the scenes between them because I found both actors dull, been insufferable, Sammy playing into it like he isn't legitimately pissed off but wants him to just sit on it for more than a day because that would be better than the tip for tat like it's just like Ben should know better than to think that he'll be forgiven the next fucking day and Sammy if you're really angry at him don't don't play the little childish games that you're you're playing we shall end with our lady Lydia who has been working late eating burgers in the morning her boss has noticed all indications particularly with her sickness that something may be up. Lydia scrambles from her office looking guiltier than the motherfucker. <laughs> uh, we just caught a body in Legan Heights. We gotta go. On the way over, she asks if Ruben said anything to Fernandez because she's sniffing around. But he's like, bitch, you've been acting pregnant. So don't act like people aren't going to notice. Someone put down a drug dealer permanently who just got out of jail on charges of possession and intent to sell and went right back to selling drugs they questioned kim's pregnant girlfriend brenda who doesn't know much other than she got clean and cam didn't and he was tough on the streets because you had to be i'm sorry how does him becoming your drug dealer and you taking drugs equate to him saving your life when you were 15 years old I would think all of that getting clean probably said that's not your fault. <laughs> you were a child. He clearly was a pedophile. Ruby can't help judging Lydia's food choices while pregnant as she eats protein bars instead of concrete calories. He tells her women in the past were sterilized in prisons. And while he can't argue it isn't cruel, he understands as the, t as the statistics show Druggy and drug dealer relationships don't make a happy home for kid who either ends up in foster care or following down parents' footsteps. Lydia is optimistic about Brenda, who has been addicted since she was 15 and only clean eight months, 
and only because her dealer was in jail i would be a little bit more <laughs> skeptical they get a plate id from surveillance which leads to the owner of the silver of a silver fo- ford focus this scene made me laugh because Rhonda was so funny she's like oh i know what this is about you gonna come you was been gonna come it's because my little nephew hooking me up with this illegal cable distribution oh my god the cable turned off she has a walker and they asked her when's the last time she drove her car she said since i went and voted for obama (laughs) she's like this is not about the cable her face she's like oh oh turns out that the plates have been stolen off of her vehicle Lydia is so friendly with everyone at the police station it pays off as Ross Ross tells her about a gun they are looking for retrieved from an addict who bought it from a pregnant woman They go confront Brenda at her house, who is the worst liar that ever existed, and then she ran. I laughed out loud when Ruben said, uh-huh. Why are you running? Why are you running? Like, stop, girl. This is embarrassing for everybody. You know your ass is not about to do much. <laughs> you are heavily eight months pregnant. After hearing all the evidence against her in the car, Brenda blames the police for failing women like her, as her ex wouldn't let her stay straight. He bought drugs and guns and bad people in her house. When she said something or tried to kick him out, he was violent against her. If she presses charges, he'll only be in for a few months and then he'll be back out. Here's an idea. Move. Especially if you ain't even got family around. I mean, I know starting a new life is scary. You just got a job where you're currently at. Maybe you got a record and it'll be a little harder. But if I'm up against that or murder. I'm, I think I'm going to go ahead and just move. Ruben was right. And he show as shit was waiting for her to acknowledge as much. <laughs> what she does. She's like, are you happy? No, actually, I'm not. It's actually a rather sad situation. But. Uh, you know, that's what happens when you commit murder he also tells her fernandez will stop testing you or trying to uh try to get up in your business if you don't stop drawing attention to yourself if you stop drawing attention to yourself by working late and overcompensating as he takes his share of the work and says when she is ready to tell him it would stay between them and she ends up going home and stop putting so much on herself and i thought that was that was nice to see that she finally is letting him in i know it's not the personal life that shy certainly is still looking for when it comes to learning out a lot more about lydia's situation but it at least was a it kind of tied in just a little bit her situation and and her growing you know actual bond with her partner that she really hasn't had since russ we do have feedback so let's hop into the mailbag 
Christina. It's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Southland, episode seven of season four. Um, this one was a very interesting episode. I felt like this one was about partners having each other's backs, because <laughs> we got um, Lydia and Ruben, um, then having each other's back and secrets and keeping things between them and all that kind of talk and then we got Sammy and Ben and that whole situation about him being butthurt and his feelings about um feeling like Ben didn't have his back uh in that situation from previous episode and then we have um Tang and John and him having her back when she shot that um kid with the toy gun. So it was just one of those things like the different um, dynamics of each partnership and how they went about having each other's back and what it all means and all the good stuff. Um, I'll start out with Lydia. That was a more simpler story. Um, I mean, I know I get her not wanting to tell anyone just yet because as it was stated in a previous episode as soon as she lets them know that she's pregnant she's gonna be um on the desk she's gonna be uh put on desk duty and that's not something she wants to do and so she's gonna stay out there as long as possible before it's not an option anymore um so she's basically not leaving it up to her superiors to decide that for her um, she's going to make that decision for herself. So um, I'm curious as how far along she is. I know that with my first pregnancy, I didn't really start showing until like um, like the fifth month. I started having a baby bump and then it really started to show uh, in month six. Um, so she has a ways to go um, if she's um, judging from how she's looking and all of this good stuff. I think she's still in her first trimester. So then we have, um, oh, and I should also mention that, you know, Ruben, he's a good dude. I mean, he's really, um, you know, he knows what's up, but he's not, he's he just throwing it out there that he, that she can trust him and that he'll have her back and that he's not going to go rat her out if she were to, um, let her let him know anything um you know that she's pregnant so um that we all know so still curious about the dad still frustrated that we're not getting more of her personal life and what's going on with that is just about the job i haven't listened to um a few podcasts yet so i'm behind so i don't know if you've talked about that at all so but that's just my feelings on it um then we got sammy and ben this was annoying this was annoying i mean sammy it's like at times i can tolerate his character and he can almost be um okay and this is one of those episodes i get what i get that he was upset that um ben jumped to conclusions um, um but it's a uh, it's an honest mistake is you know it happens especially the circumstance of the situation as to why he would jump to that conclusion and so it's an honest error in judgment 
And for Sammy to just lay it on thick and just on and on. He was annoying me in this episode. I'm not going to lie because it was just like, dude, I mean, if it's that serious, if you don't trust him to that extent to where you're acting that way, because when you're out there, not to say y'all have to be buddy, buddy um, to be um, partners on the street, but there's got to be a level of trust. And if you're saying you don't trust him, then maybe you need a new partner. Um, but I just think it's not even about that. It's just Sammy just being Sammy. He just being, it's just, you know, being who he is and just like, he doesn't make mistakes. Like he didn't, like he doesn't, you know, do things that he wish he hadn't done that kind of stuff. And I liked what Ben said at the end about, you know, you know, asking him if Nate ever made any mistakes. Cause it's like, dude, I I get it. You, you know, just let it all out, air it out. You know, come to the under some understanding. Again, not saying y'all need to be best friends after this and go out drinking, but y'all should have. It should be a little bit more than what he was doing. This, you know, like Ben was saying, this passive aggressive and, oh, I went to eat somewhere else and, oh, I didn't hear you. I'm like, dude, it's just so petty and juvenile, in my opinion. It's like, you're a grown man. Um, have some gross about you and just, again, have enough of a of an understanding of the situation to at least know you know see his perspective on it and move on like uh, Ben was saying don't have to be best friends but move on it, it he wasn't being malicious he wasn't you know out to get you you know that kind of stuff I mean he went to you and you know it's like it was an honest mistake so that's all I have to say about that and then we have um John and Tang and so it's like I just don't understand why she felt, I guess because of the whole thing. It's just one of those things where you, after the situation she went through with getting beat up while on duty, um, she just feels a certain way about, um, there's a vulnerability about her. And so I feel like that's part of why she made that decision to take that red thing off. Um, because she's been ridiculed enough and, you know, she's been, you know, targeted enough, I guess, to the butt of jokes enough to, it, it's a sensitive subject to her. So, I, I mean, I get, I understand the impulse to do it, but at the same time, it was dumb. It was really dumb of her to do that. That was messed up. But I understand at the same time that in that moment, in the heat of the moment, and all the adrenaline's flowing and so much is going on in her head and this is a huge mistake and she's already been through something um to where again like I said she you know people question her uh ability to be a cop and stuff like that so she's always trying to prove herself and then this mistake was just so glare I mean it was even be even more so glaring with that red, bright red thing on there. Um, but, you know, when you're making those split second decisions, you're chasing some um, person and some male and he's fit their description and he's got, it's just, it's a hard thing to to uh, 
navigate when you're in that moment. Um, I, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, but then again, it's always this, it's like this shoot to kill mentality that it just, it's sad. Um, I don't know what the kid was thinking to go out there with the toy gun when <laughs> I'm thinking he's aware that there's a cops around. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. But then again, why are you going outside with a toy gun? Um, um, there were some um, some funny moments to the, the 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 mom with the talking about her cable and you know, watching her Monday night football and all that stuff and um, the pregnant lady uh, Brenda. I'm like, girl, where how far you think he was going running like <laughs> you eight months pregnant? And I'm like, you really shot that dude eight times because. He was bringing unsavory characters uh, into your house. I'm like, that. Is it? It's just. It's just amazing to me the thought process that some people have uh, when it comes to stuff like that. And and then of course a rational person is like, why don't you just leave him? Why? And I get what she's saying, but what is the alternative? Murder? And now you're in prison. Now your child's gonna go into foster. It's like. I feel like there's so it's like from zero to a hundred. Like there's so much in between that. It's like, oh, those are your only options is live with this dude and blah 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 and deal with what she was describing or murder him and go to prison. <laughs> it's like there's gotta be some some a middle ground here. <laughs> Not murder him and there's resources and stuff like that. But anyway, um, I'm I'm out of time. On that note, until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, shine. That was Queen Chat with her thoughts on the episode. So, uh, going backwards, upwards, going back to front. Last thing you mentioned to the first thing you mentioned, <laughs> uh, but I will say, good call on the theme. Think you're spot on with that. Well, the guy was abusive, Cam. But I also 100% agree. Like, I know you say what other option, but seriously, moving is an option. It's, <laughs> I mean, people act like the United States of America is not fucking large. It's, it's ridiculously large. If he were someone that had resources, so on and so this is a drug dealer. Trust me, once you're out of his, it, it, once you're in a place where he cannot find you, shit, all you got to do is go to the burbs or anywhere in one town away. And I assure you, he's not going to find you. He's not. He's not even going to look that hard. He's going to replace you. Uh... If anything, if she was smart, she should have just waited until he was abusive because she said he knocked two of her teeth out. So, okay, wait until the next time he decides to he's going to knock two of your teeth out, pull out the gun and shoot him then. Then you have a, a really good case for self-defense. That's how you get your cake and eat it too. Okay? Just do better. <laughs> you just you were very poor at covering up your crime as well. So, yeah. I got where she was going with it. Like once you're caught in the cycle, how do you get out of such a vicious cycle when even the the system is rather against you? But I'm also of the mindset that if you really, really, really want to try hard enough, you can. 
to get away now i understand if they like followed your fucking ass across the country well then you're gonna feel a little less a little more hounded and she's like restraining orders don't work yes i understand that (laughs) but uh, again the option is murder and i don't i don't think you were close to that situation yet hell we don't even know if you would have been uh still straight after that baby was born because i don't want to say an eight months sober ain't nothing but it's certainly more convenient when you have a life inside of you and that life isn't causing you all the stress that's about to happen once it's born so that unfortunately i'm speaking from truth in real life because that's what my mom thought all oh, my sister get married she'll just give up the drugs nope nope as soon as that baby's born because it gets harder life is only going to get harder and if you can't handle it before i don't know how the fuck you think all of a sudden having a baby is just going to make everything i ain't saying it can't be an inspiration but you still have to do it for you first and then lastly i am with you with the whole i think both of them were annoying to be quite frank i know you're harder on sammy i was kind of thinking sammy you're right if you're gonna talk to me like oh man we can never be friends ever again then yeah get a new partner if you can never trust him again that that's that it's over but that's not what you want it's like you really just want him to to sit on it for a few days and i think that's where his annoyance is coming from but it wasn't it correlated or devolved into childish behavior versus you being like no seriously dude you fucking hurt me um yes you made a mistake but i i still contend that ben approached it wrong from the get-go even if it was a mistake mistake you don't just roll up on somebody and be like i know what you did like the fuck you don't know what i did (laughs) you at least can give me the benefit asking me some fucking questions instead of just uh, just putting your opinion out there that you've already come to on the conclusion not questioning let's figure this out together so i'm in sammy's camp is he has the right to be as angry but he's not acting as angry and if he was he would have been like bruh we're not talking like you uh, you'll need to talk to me about your girlfriend so on and so forth you know if you are going to talk about that i'm 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 going to tune you out we can work together and people work together and they're not best friends you don't have to be best friends working together nope and still can get shit done but uh i also thought ben should have shut the fuck up ben just wouldn't stop talking he just he wanted so eagerly to be forgiven that he didn't think that like all i have to say is sorry and it should be over it's like no you should also for a few days at least a fucking week be like yeah next time i should really stew in the doghouse before opening my fucking mouth and taking my pretentiousness and my um my assumed uh position of being the white knight and judging everybody and uh did better with that but i also can't be bothered with either and that is going to conclude this podcast Once again, if you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.
Se conecta. 